0: It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about food preservation. Our present-day food processing industry has its roots in thousands of years of trying to preserve foods for use at a later time. For example, during winter months after harvest or after a successful hunt for a woolly mammoth that simply couldn't be eaten all at once. Probably the first method utilized was to simply dehydrate meats, fruits, or vegetables in the sun. Once most foods are dried out, bacterial decay and decomposition are slowed dramatically, allowing for a relatively long term storage. Some foods can be eaten dry, like beef jerky, while others can be rehydrated, such as vegetables, in making soups. Somewhere in our early history, the use of salt for food preservation became common when someone discovered that packing fish or meat in layers of salt would bring spoilage pretty much to a grinding halt. The salt dehydrates food by drawing water out, plus the salt itself inhibits bacterial decay. When the food was ready to be eaten, it was important to soak the food in water, often several times, not only to rehydrate it, but also to reduce the salt content. In fact, The historical value of salt used in many societies as money came from its value as a food preservative not as a dinner table condiment that we use and abuse today another time-honored technique is smoking foods to preserve them a process that not only extends the storage of foods but generally adds a distinctive flavor like smoked turkey hams bacon and salmon the history of canned foods began in the early 1800s when the French government offered a prize of 1,200 francs, big bucks in those days, for the invention of a way to preserve foods for the French army. The prize was won in 1809 for a process using wide mouth glass bottles that were corked and heated in boiling water to preserve vegetables, meats, fruits, and milk. The next step came in 1819, with a patent for using steel cans instead of fragile glass bottles. In 1858, an American named John Mason invented the heavy glass jar that could withstand repeated high temperature processing. It still bears his name in common usage as the Mason jar. Modern frozen foods started with Clarence Birdseye in 1912 when he began freezing fish to keep them fresh. Mr. Birdseye started selling a line of frozen foods in 1930, but he ran into a little problem at first. The problem was that grocers weren't willing to invest in freezers to keep his foods frozen. As a result, his market was pretty limited until the rationing of World War II put severe limitations on the metal used in canned goods. Since his frozen foods were packaged in cardboard and wax paper, not metal, a whole new market was opened up for frozen foods that continues today. The most modern experiment in food preservation is to irradiate food with high-energy radiation to kill bacteria and retard spoilage. This process has some technical appeal since it's relatively cheap, but the public's interest has been, at best, limited by the idea of eating food bombarded by radiation. More information about food preservation is available from Back Home Magazine. Our phone number is 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from Air Check Incorporated, on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of Old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening.
1: And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Orda Energy Mon Beck, and I am here in the studio talking about the climate. Blazing hot first half of 2016 sends climate records tumbling. Before I read this, I do want to remind people that we are in a heat advisory till Sunday evening. It was originally, I think, till Thursday evening, but they pushed it out because the heat is sticking around. Um, And like they say, it's really not the heat. It's the humidity. We are hovering around 90% humidity, with not that actual high of a temperature. Back to the news. Blazing hot first half of 2016 sends climate records tumbling from insideclimatenews.org. Halfway through, 2016 has been an exceptional year for climate records, scientists say. Scientists at NASA released their first ever mid-year climate analysis of climate trends on Tuesday, which revealed that every month between January and June had the warmest average temperature on record for that month. NASA researchers did this new analysis, quote, mainly because the average temperatures for the first half of the year, so in excess of any first half of the year that we've ever seen, end quote, said Gavin Schmidt, director of NASA's Goodard Institute for Space Studies, quote, it's somewhat worthy of note, end quote. When comparing this year's temperature trends with past years, Schmidt said 2015 was also a very warm year, but, quote, 2016 really has blown that out of the water, end quote. In the U.S., Alaska has been the runaway leader in warming. The first half of the year was the warmest six-year span ever for the state since records began in 1925 and the highest temperatures appear to be continuing into July. The town of Deadhorse recently experienced its hottest day, clocking in 85 degrees Fahrenheit on July 7th. It's not just temperatures that are soaring. Carbon dioxide levels are too, according to the data from the Mauna Lao. I might have got that right. Weather Observatory in Hawaii, CO2 levels passed 400 parts per million every day this year. CO2 levels have only reached new highs this spring, but also the rate of CO2 levels is also rising. Quote, it's exceeding high, and it's also going exceedingly fast, quote, said Peter Tons, a climate scientist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric administration. It's truly extraordinary. Extraordinary. Let me lay it down a little bit of relaxing feel-goodness before I hit... Extreme heat is exhausting and expensive. It's July, the month where the whole world collectively reaches for the nearest chilled beverage. Work be damned. Hordes of city dwellers are locating to the seaside. Celebrities frolic in Ibiza, and most of us in the continental U.S. are tethered to the air conditioner right now. Just kidding. Just kidding. First world problems are the least of our worries in the middle of this 14 month global heat streak. It turns out that increasingly hot summers are going to wreak total havoc on some countries GDP as excessively high temperatures makes working during peak daylight hours impossible. According to a just released United Nations study, poor workers and manual laborers are especially affected by heat stress. In developing countries, fewer working hours can translate into serious economic strain. In Southeast Asia, heat is already cutting work hours by 15 to 20 percent. Quote, it's a whole working month that could be lost because it's so hot you can't work. End quote. The author's, the report's co-author told the Washington Post. If global warming continues on its current trend, extreme heat could cost global economies 2 trillion by 2030 though excessive heat primarily affects poor to middle-class countries the report also notes that more prosperous countries such as sweden norway and russia could see their working hours impacted by extreme winters period i do know myself that um my electric bill has doubled um my solar system has most of this year kept the electric bill um, well under 100 bucks. but um, last month it did go over two hundred dollars, and that was because of running the air conditioner. I was just reading this from um, one of my solar blogs, but now we've got it from the regular news. Tesla wants to help you become your own solar utility and sell lots of self-driving cars. If Elon Musk gets his way and his electric car company succeeds in buying solar company Solar City, Tesla would not just mean fancy electric vehicles, you know, EVs. It would mean energy, home battery storage, solar panels on your roof and a wider variety of affordable Tesla vehicles driving the streets increasingly without drivers, including a a forthcoming. I've mentioned it before. I was talking to a friend of mine who has a Tesla and yes, it has, it is a self-driving car. It's out there already right now. This corporate pivot is not wholly unexpected on Tuesday. Reuters, reported that Tesla had changed the name of its official corporate website from teslamotors.com, just the straight tesla.com, potentially signaling a shift in direction from an auto company to an energy company that also makes vehicles. Musk tweeted first on Tuesday that he planned to, quote, pull an all-nighter and complete the master product plan, and also that it seemed appropriate that he was listening to a soundtrack from the film The Great Gatsby. Late Wednesday night, Musk tweeted a link to Tesla's Master Plan Part due. Musk starts out reminding readers that the initial master plan, written 10 years ago, included providing solar power after a ladder-like series of goals focused on electric vehicle production, innovation, and and revolution. Tesla first started to get good at producing a fancy, amazing EV and then using those profits to produce more and more EVs that might be less expensive and fancy, but were still better than the competition. The plan then gets to the part where Musk explains what it's really all been about. However, the main reason was to explain how our actions fit into a larger picture so that they would seem less random. The point of all this was and remains accelerating the advent of sustainable energy so that we can imagine far into the future and life is still good. That's what sustainable means. It's not some silly hippie thing. It matters for everyone. By definition, we must at some point achieve a sustainable energy economy or we will run out of fossil fuels to burn and civilization will collapse. Given that we must get off fossil fuels anyway, and virtually all scientists agree that dramatically increasing atmospheric and oceanic carbon levels is insane, the faster we achieve sustainability, the better. All right, that's the master plan part two. In the past, Musk has called for a carbon tax and a, rev- a revolt against the fossil fuel industry because of his concerns about climate change. He's called uncapped greenhouse gas emissions quote, the dumbest experiment in history, end quote. And I can send you a link to um, Elon Musk's Master Plan Part 2. It's solar power, Tesla trucks, self-driving cars, and car sharing. And just let's, let's synopsize the whole thing create stunning solar roofs with seamlessly integrated battery storage expand electric vehicle product line to address all major segments develop the self-driving capability that is 10 times safer than a manual versus massive fleet learning and then enable your car to make money for you when you aren't using it did you know that electric cars can already do that? You can charge the electric car at night when electricity is almost free. And then sell it back during the day when electricity is more expensive. There are companies that do that just with battery-based systems, period. So, fun stuff. got tons of co2 that's a question mark got tons of co2 get more giant trees if you think about it giant sequoias are the Dwayne johnson's of the tree world they're california natives they're pretty buff growing up to 300 feet tall and 30 feet wide and they're resilient as hell squ- swatting droughts and disease off their hefty shoulder and Archangel Ancient Tree Archive, this is a Michigan based nonprofit, is working on cloning California's green giants, complete with their jackpot genetics, and sending them to various parts of the world. The goal? To lay it the smack down on climate change. Founder David believes that the size and hardiness of sequoias makes them perfect vacuum cleaners. Wait a second. This guy's name's David. And he's taken on the giant Goliath of climate change. Okay, that's a little bit funny. The founder, David, believes that the size and hardiness of sequoias makes them perfect vacuum cleaners for greenhouse gases. Planting groves of these trees, which can live up to 3,000 years, could offset potentially tons of CO2. His group has managed to clone 170 types of trees in 20 years and about 300,000 of them have taken root in seven different countries, he told the Associated Press. Later this year, the team plans to plant 1,000 baby sequoias in redwoods in Oregon and a new collaboration with the Eden Project in the United Kingdom could produce grand plans of cloning and planting the trees across the pond with the help of school children. Of course, foresting the planet as a method of fighting climate change has definitely had its critics. Todd Dawson, a professor of integrated biology at UC Berkeley, told the Associated Press he doubts, quote, planting a limited number of trees will cool the warming planet, end quote. Protecting rainforests and reducing fossil fuel use would be more effective, he says. While no one project can knock out climate change for good, no matter how imaginative, David's project is definitely a people's elbow for the cause. And people's elbow is like, in a highlight, oh, it's it's a link to a, a guy taking someone down with, all right. Did you know that today is hammock day? I'll be right back with the holidays and the happenings in our town. Remember, we have a heat advisory until Sunday. It was until Thursday, but they pushed it out because it's still hot. Drink lots of water. Take good care of yourself. And take care of others, too. If you see someone out and about, and they're looking dizzy or faint, please help them out because we tend to push ourselves too hard and not take care of ourselves. So we need to take care of each other. Listening to your community spirit, this is Orda Energy Mon, and today is Hammock Day. It's also Rat Rat Catcher's Day. Coming up, National Hot Dog Day and Vanilla Ice Cream Day. Coming up is Threading the Needle Day, All or Nothing Day. Aunt and Uncle Day. Take your pants for a walk day. National Milk Chocolate Day. And of course, we've mentioned before July is National Blueberry Month, National Anti Boredom Month, National Ice Cream Month, and I don't know, National Anti Boredom Month, huh? All right, get to the important happenings. Power the Tower right here on WDBX 91.1 at 224 North Washington Street. In celebration of 15 years of business, Advanced Energy Solutions plans to install solar power on WDBX Community Radio. Advanced Energy Solutions, otherwise known as AS Solar, has been providing excellent service and resources to Southern Illinois for 17 years as of June 4th. In the Native American tradition celebrating your birthday by giving presents to others, AS Solar will be gifting WDBX with solar power and using the opportunity to train future solar power providers through a hands-on John A. Logan class in Solar Knowledge. The hands-on class, which will be installing the system, will be tomorrow, July 23rd, and this will be the actual installation on... WDBX. Feel free to stop by. The current solar funding status is 16 solar panels have been paid for. That's over 12,000 raised, and that includes all the matching funds from all of our matching sponsors. If you give a dollar, there's a matching sponsor that will give a dollar. And so there is 22 modules can fit on the roof. We've got 16 paid for. The rest of them will go on the roof when they're paid for. In other happenings, the youth fundraiser for homeless services. This is kind of an interesting good thing because area youth have got together and they're raising money and collecting items to help three of our homeless service providers which have, of course, been decimated during the last year in which social services have received no state funding. So they'll be collecting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Murfreesboro and Marion Walmarts, but also tonight at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion because, you know, tonight is the fourth Friday fair. So they'll be set up at the fourth Friday fair, Monetary donations will benefit the key provider of low-income housing in the region, the Southern Illinois Coalition for the Homeless. Donation of items will go to the Women's Center and Good Samaritan Ministries, and toward taking care, toward making care packages for those in need. There is a long list of things that are needed, but the most important are travel-sized. Deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, comb brush, razor, shaving cream, shampoo, conditioner, soap, and washcloth, and then for kids and teens, small toys, books, purses, wallets, and nail polish, and other items, diapers, baby wipes, and socks for all ages and all sides. And you may also make a tax deductible donation directly to Youth Fundraiser by going to GoFundMe.com slash Sparrow Coalition. And they will be again set up right near here at the Carbondale Townscore Pavilion tonight, 6 to 9 p.m. Otherwise, Friday and Saturday at what? Both the Murfreesboro and the Marion Walmarts. So, good day.
2: Good day. I made it in for the last six minutes. All
1: right. (laughs) Beat the heat with the fourth Friday fair. That's tonight. The fourth Friday fair is tonight from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. Of course, there's the usual music. This time the live music is Kelvin and Loose Gravel. Now, there will also be a chance to win free Splash Park tickets courteous of the Carbondale Park District. There will be activities for kids and families, vendors, food, and more. And one of the things that... I don't know if I should let people know that there will be water balloons.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You can Uh, just surprise them with water balloons. (laughs)
1: It's like... um, But lots of kids' fun games for kids of all ages. Yeah. And that is... The 4th Friday Fair. And I always think it's the last Friday of the month fair.
2: But it's the 4th Friday. It's so. the 4th
1: Friday Fair. <laughs> so if there
2: are five Fridays in a month, yeah. be careful. You know, yeah, it's, it's the 4th. Like...
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was next Friday, but I was like, wait a second. So the 4th Friday Fair, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. There's usually a couple hundred people and kids and just, you know, um, music, food, food. Um, Games, vendors, and what do you call it? You can bring alcohol, just not in a glass bottle, mm-hmm. I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: but <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And a lot of cool people, too.
1: Well, it's beat the heat. Beat the so heat. So come
2: out. You've got to be cool. And to beat be
1: hot with other people and be cool together. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, let's see what other happenings we've got coming up. We've got Continuing the Conversation. That's coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday night for Continuing the Conversation. Their purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life stories. So that's 7 to 9 p.m. at the Newman Center on Tuesday. That's been going on for a while now. It's-
1: well, I, I got an update that... Um, someone told me, and we'll have to verify this, that they've outgrown the Newman Center and are actually moving to the safety center, to the conference room there. Oh, okay. So we'll have to f- verify that because um, just so many people are showing up that they can't fit there anymore. So. Yeah. Downtown Community Farmers Market. Wednesdays from 3 to 6 p.m. in downtown Carbondale, that's right outside WDBX, guess what? They close the street. That's right. The city closes that block of street to have a street party of food. And there is always um, music being played there. And did I mention there's food, fresh food, already cooked food, frozen food? Every type of food.
2: Yeah, I, I got some.
1: I got some donut peaches. Donut peaches. See? I mean, literally, it looks like someone got a peach and then just like squished it down, <laughs> and so it's like the you know the thickness of a donut and it's like round. Yeah, and it's like so sweet too. It's like and the pits are really small, so you just nibble around the edge like you're eating a donut.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you just got a little pit in the middle. <laughs> oh,
1: it's just like
2: yeah. Oh, to try that. I made it out to the uh, the downtown community farmer's market this week and it was a good time all sorts of local foods and people to talk to
1: i'm talking about doing a book exchange at one of the next farmer's markets so yeah if anybody has some extra books and would like to trade me for some books i got a pile of books and i'll trade you so
2: yeah and we got a message from one of our listeners verifying the change in venue for continuing the conversation so it is over at the new venue at the uh, public uh, safety center So let's see. We've also got, coming up, Questions of Faith and Reality is coming up on Wednesday, July 27th at 6 p.m. at the Gaia House Interfaith Center. At questions, people from different faiths and beliefs come together and listen to each other's thoughts on the many questions of life. Participants write anonymous questions which are drawn at random for open discussion. And that's a really fun event. They have a talking stick, so people take turns talking, and it's a sort of... Spiritual, philosophical exploration of life's big questions.
1: Let me make sure this date is right. So it's not this Saturday. It's next Saturday, July 30th. But mark your calendar for alternatives to lawns at the Carbondale Civic Center. View displays by local vendors and organizations. It'll be like all afternoon. Presentations by area experts begin at 1 and run until 5. There'll be break and refreshments. This is, uh, let's see, there will be a garden tour also, self-guided tour. The cost for the workshop is $10. The Keep Carbondale Beautiful Executive Director Sarah Heyer said, quote, by the end of July, people should be sick of mowing their lawns
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and ready to explore alternatives. There will be initial investments, but the goal is to use fewer resources, and spend more time enjoying the fruits of one's labors mm-hmm. end quote uh, topics of presentations including landscape 101 food forests rain gardens landscaping for birds and the website is keepcB.org/ alternatives to lawns and so or you can just call 5255525 and again that's next Saturday a workshop on how to get the most from your lawn, from your yard, alternatives to lawns. Yeah. so
2: I'm really excited about this program because I would like to see more alternatives to lawns. And that quote is great, too. It reminds me of a quote from Permaculture that I learned. It's, the designer is the recliner. (laughs) The idea is you spend a lot of time and effort and energy thinking through your system, designing it, setting it up, and then it is as self-maintaining as possible. So then instead of having to mow the lawn every couple of days in the summer, you've got a lot of, you know, edibles growing or other plants that you have uses for instead of just having to burn all those fossil fuels and mow the lawn.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of the complaint about a garden now that, you know, you're about, just like you're sick of um, mowing the lawn, people are about this time of the year sick of working in the garden. Yeah. But if you do a, a, you know, a really good job of setting it up, There'll be less work now. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when you first start out, there's plenty of fun times, but.
2: And that's why going to a workshop like this can be helpful. You'll learn how to do that.
1: So, well, you've been listening to your community spirit on your community radio. And we do want to remind you that tomorrow is the solar install on DBX all day long, starting at 9 a.m. Stop by and check it out.
2: Yeah. Check it out. Maybe bring some lemonade for the people who are working out in the sun if it's going to be sunny. (laughs) It'll be a good time getting all that solar up on the roof.
1: It'll be a hot time. (laughs) It's just like a hot time in the carbon down town tonight.